The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's blog on theboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you're ready for the playoffs. It is Tuesday, January 11th, 2022. So far, I have not accidentally said 2021. Congratulations to me because it is a Tuesday. We are here for our Dallas Cowboys roundtable. These are live stream shows. You can watch along live on the blog on the boys YouTube channel. You can always catch the rewatch. Or you can listen to the podcast version on the Blog on the Boys podcast network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave a rating, write a review. You heard the cough behind the curtain. Here is our fantastic panelist of analysts. Uh, the mute button does exist. Tom Ryle, the first person to join us at the 12 o'clock position. Great to see you wearing the Bane coat. Uh, it is allergy season. I've got a little bit of congestion myself, so I hope you're feeling well, Tom. Let's get some some Dayquil and Nyquil your way. Uh, over at 3 o'clock, it is Dave Sturchio from the Chop Sports Studio, the Chop Sports Metropolis that he is building there up on the East Coast. Every time I think of the East Coast, I always think of Sturch. Like, I think of Sturch in the show Sopranos. I don't know uh, why that is. One but you can, hear, you can hear Sturch. Like you can hear all these guys on the Blog of the Boys podcast network all throughout the week. Down at about 4.30, it is Dan Rogers, who's actually on the other side of the clock as far as the country is concerned, up in Oregon, the land of maple syrup. On Twitter, it's Danny Phantom 24. Great to be here with you, Dan Rogers. And down near about 7.30, about dinner time, he told me he had tacos on this Tuesday. Didn't tell us if they were chicken or beef because his internet was cutting out, so we'll see if he manages to survive the show representing the national champion Georgia Bulldogs on Twitter at Tony underscore Catalina. It is Tony Catalina, whose internet, I believe, has frozen. Am I correct? <laughs> He's nodding. I, you're nodding, so somehow, some way. Uh, I'm back. If you're talking to me, I'm back, I think. <laughs> okay, Tony, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, had a, I think everyone would agree. You, I had the best introduction for you. Um, and, and so the fact that you missed it made me sad, but congratulations to your Georgia Bulldogs on their national championship. Again, just, you know, totally ruining the moment. Um, <laughs> uh, I know, believe- not for nothing, not for nothing, uh, not to cut anybody off, but Tony literally texted me the other day in the group chat for the two minute warning podcast saying that, Hey guys, I just upgraded my internet. So now it'll never be my fault. <laughs> All right. Uh, Calling well- you out now, Tony. Interesting. He can't hear you, but at least you uh, you did call him out. Rewatch. 
I believe blue 365 says, let's go. Craig English says, what's up, bro? With some fire emojis. Uh, let's see here. Um, Gabino Barrera says new to the blog. Welcome aboard Gabino. You can check us out blog search blog the boys, anywhere, social media, any, any single place, just like go to your local grocery store and ask for blog the boys. We'll see what happens there. Um, all right, let's see here. Uh, we have a lot of news happening around us, guys. Dan Quinn is a hot name. Kellen Moore, semi, semi-hot name. Um, obviously, it seems like Dan Quinn is going to leave. We have a playoff game happening on Sunday afternoon, a historic rivalry, Cowboys 49ers. Uh, we have a lot of things to put into their proper places. We have a game we're going to play. Tony's going to make that a little bit more difficult uh, with his, um, you know, his issues tonight. Uh, Dan, let's start with you, though, while we wait for Tony Will Dan Quinn be on the Dallas Cowboys coaching staff next season? No, he will not. I I think that there's too much interest in in him already. And, I mean, and and for good reason, too. I mean, Quinn has kind of been like a – I don't want to say de facto to take anything away from McCarthy, but, I mean, he's he's been like sort of a head coach in a way, the way that he, uh, you know – Gets a little gets through to his players. Everybody loves him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would love for Quinn to come back, and he's certainly done a fantastic job. But I say there's a very slim chance of that happening. Yeah, I think um, when you consider that, or I think we should consider that Dan Quinn might—not um, that this is brand new to you, Dan—but might have uh, blazed the trail. If you're Mike Zimmer, if you're Vic Fangio, if you're Brian Flores, and you're not happy with, uh, assuming that Fangio or Zimmer could even get another head coaching gig, but you're not happy with the field as it currently stands, go be the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. Go coach up Micah Parsons, play a lot of games in front of a lot of people, have a lot of success, and next year you can reenter the cycle. Dan Quinn played this perfectly. He used us, Dan. Do you feel used? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think it's that easy, honestly. I think Quinn deserves a lot of yeah, credit. Sure. I'd love to say, say someone else could come in and we're just going to, you know, pick up right where he left off. But no, I think, um, I think, you know, we used him, you know, I mean, he, mm, he turned our defense around. You, and uh, uh, So I don't know. I, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a great gig to have. You, there's a lot of talent for whoever shows up, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're going to miss them. Essa Bay says there are so many people interested in Quinn. I can't imagine he stays. Johnny Boy RN says Quinn is too good of a coach not to get another shot at a head coaching position. I just hope it doesn't distract him through the playoffs. I don't think it will. He's done a great job. At least has said all of the right things. Uh, a shout out. First of all, Ethan says, looks like I made it home right on time. Welcome aboard, Ethan. And a big time shout out to AJ, who says getting that double time pay and watching blogging the boys. What a good day. So I don't know where we're being streamed, guys, but. You know, AJ's boss, he's a hard worker. All right. Just, you know, <laughs> let's let's get some triple time pay next time. Uh, but anyway, uh, by the way, Ethan does chime in and say, I'm not trying to be a homer, but I do not believe for a second Dan Quinn is leaving. I think we would all agree with that. Sturch, I want to come to you next. Kellen Moore has also been a popular name throughout the coaching cycle. Tony did just text me, um, you know, he texted me too, Sturge, no big deal, uh, and said uh, he's rebooting his computer, so we'll see if he manages to make it on. Is Kellen Moore on the Dallas Cowboys coaching staff in 2022? Dave Sturge, I think the likelihood of Kellen Moore being gone is more likely than Dan Quinn being gone. And, and the reason why I say that Whoa. is because, the reason why I say that is because I think that we have ourselves a little bit of, uh, look, we all want the ultimate goal, right? We all want to get to the Super Bowl. We all want to win, win the damn thing. Um, but the, the way I see it, 
is if we don't, I think Dan Quinn has that mentality of like unfinished business and he's going to stick around. Kellen Moore is going to be that boy wonder, like that, that, you know, the hot commodity, the young guy is, you know, he's got all the right moves, blah, 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 where a Jacksonville might benefit from him or a new, a uh, new spot in, in Denver or Vegas. If they open up, you know, like there's, there's different spots for Kellen Moore. And I think that offensive minded coaches get that quick, quick phone call. You know, they get that quick phone call. Uh, we've seen it plenty of times. We've seen it with Josh McDaniels. We've seen it uh, around the league. And I think that Kellen Moore has the more likelihood to walk out the door and not be a Dallas Cowboys staff member next year. So, first of all, speaking of staff members, Tony Catalina, are you with us? I, I think I am. I think let's give this another shot here. <laughs> um, okay. I paid well, for more internet, Tony. I paid for more internet. What is that? <laughs> paid for more, um, got less. <laughs> you've uh, you've missed a riveting discussion so far, but you are here before we start our game. Very excited. I think we're going to have um, an interesting result here tonight on the roundtable. We've gotten some really positive feedback on the little competitions that we have done. Uh, but, Tom, would you say that it is more likely that Kellen Moore is gone than Dan Quinn because Kellen Moore is maybe um, maybe a little bit more desperate for a head coaching opportunity? Not that he may not have any you know, in his future if he sticks around, but... I mean, Dan Quinn is in a position where he's he's got a resume. You know, Dan Quinn can kind of sit. If he really doesn't like the field this year, Dan Quinn has kind of the, the social currency to, to spend a little bit, where Kellen Moore maybe doesn't. Yeah, I look at it more than I, – you've got to first get an offer from a team. Uh, and Kellen Moore, for all of his being one of the hot commodities right now, he's also still fairly fresh. And looking at the now seven openings, now that the New York Giants finally got off the schneid and got rid of Joe Judge, uh, most of those are situations that if I were uh, an owner or GM doing the hiring, whatever the case may be, I would really be looking for someone that has some experience who could come in and try to put out various and sundry dumpster fires. Uh, with the possible exception of Minnesota, which... If somebody came calling from Minnesota, I'm not sure who wouldn't want to listen because outside of having to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback for the long term, that's a pretty good situation. Bye, Tony. Tony uh, <laughs> did leave again, so that will make uh, the exercise very interesting, um, to say the least. Uh, Minnesota, kind of the neck of the woods that Kellen Moore's from, certainly closer you know, from a geographical standpoint than, say, you know, Jacksonville um, or, or in New York. You mentioned it, Tom, uh, news breaking about an hour, hour and a half before we jumped on live. The New York Giants did finally fire Joe Judge. Uh, Dan, will you miss him? Will you miss Dave Gettleman more? I mean, um, you know, your thoughts. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll miss him. You know, I just <laughs> I, just just like I missed Eli. Uh, right. You know, I mean, really we, and we never got to see like the holy trinity of Gettleman, Judge right. and Eli together. Right. It's yeah, I, I'm just. I just hope the Giants, you know, continue to make great choices, and we have someone else that, uh, you know, just continues their their string of success. Um, but yeah, absolutely. That's 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 sad news for you know for Cowboy fans because you know we like Judge. Uh, Dan, I um just from a chaos standpoint, I'm sort of rooting for the Giants. I know this is impractical, but to hire Jason Garrett, just to, to put you in a sense of emotional turmoil. Um, just Dan, uh, Dan loves Jason Garrett. So that would be really fun. Um, Clayton Lockhart says, what to do RJ and co just smash that like button. Thank you, Clayton, for always encouraging people 
uh, to uh, to like our videos and support our channel here at Blogging the Boys. All right, guys, as we you know kind of stall just a little bit longer and wait for Tony, this was on the rundown, so I, I'm not like purely star, uh, stalling, but we are going to talk about this Cowboys team and some qualms that we have with them. Um, but before we do, we obviously have to acknowledge the playoff field. And Sturch, I want to start with you. Home playoff games are better than road playoff games. True or false? In Dallas's case, with their home field, I don't know, man. For Dallas's case, okay, but, I, I, but like generally speaking, generally speaking, you would, generally you would rather speaking, play. Yes. It's okay. supposed to be. Yes. Okay. You would rather play at home and have all the you know sure. teeny tiny maybe you know macro benefits that come with playing at home. Mm -hmm. That was part of why you wanted to play to win last week. You you were in Nirvana as Mike McCarthy left his foot on the gas into the fourth quarter. So that being said. The Dallas Cowboys did climb in the seeding order. They are the third seed in the NFC. They could potentially host a playoff game in the wild, or excuse me, in the divisional round. They could potentially host the NFC championship game if things broke their way, obviously, if they continue to win. And so one of the things, in fact, the only thing that has to break their way if they are to host a divisional matchup, Sturge, would be the Philadelphia Eagles winning on Sunday before the Cowboys play the 49ers. So that being said, are you going to be rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday? Again, so everyone's aware, just, just to be clear, the main point behind this is an Eagles win allows the Cowboys, assuming they win themselves, to host the winner of Monday night's Rams-Cardinals game. And one more point before the floor is yours, Sturge. The Cowboys, as we've talked about, have a day's worth of an advantage against the 49ers. They played last Saturday. San Francisco played on Sunday. If this went their way, they would have that same advantage for another week in a row. And it would be, in fact, a larger advantage because whoever won on Monday night would be the team that Dallas would play L.A. Or, or Arizona. They would be on a short week, maybe if in Arizona's case, coming off of a road game, but a short week where the Dallas Cowboys have a normal week. So, Sturch, go ahead. Any other time, for the, for the sole purpose of potentially hosting not one but two games in the NFC bracket – if the Eagles were to win this week and beat Tampa, Dallas gets a home game if they win. If the Eagles were to go in the Lambeau field and win that game, the Dallas Cowboys win and they can host the NFC Championship game. I'm just letting you know that's what could happen, right? But am I going to sit here and hope that Jalen Hurts wins a playoff game? I, I can't get behind the idea. I just know that, it, yes, it works in the home field advantage conversation. But, again, the Dallas Cowboys AT&T Stadium, unfortunately – the narrative is, and I agree because I've been there plenty of times, it doesn't feel like a home field advantage to me. And I know they want to do their whiteout and all that good stuff, and that's great, but it doesn't feel like we have that Lambeau, that 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 Chicago, that Cleveland, that that field, that Kansas City, that those teams, when they're home, it's did a you, factor. Did you say when, Cleveland? Did I, the dog pound, yeah, man. I think, I think their fans are passionate, right? As much as they've not been that great, I going there, it, it's I a mean, hostile environment. Go to I Pittsburgh. Think, Go to, I think go attendance to, doesn't qualify as passion, but well, fine. But I'm okay. just saying, I, I just think the, the the home field advantage for Dallas doesn't doesn't add up to the home field advantage for other teams in the NFL. So Kevin says yes on the Eagles. John Wick makes me sweaty. Never thought I'd say that out loud. Says <laughs> thank you, Sturch. Uh, so seemingly agreeing with you, um, Ethan. By the way, says I will be at AT and T Sunday and I will be rocking that MF or out. <clears throat> this is a great point from James Needham, Dan. It's not playoff games where people sell their tickets. That's all regular season. Don't conflate the two. So, Dan, the photo that's been going around ever since this matchup was drawn has been the 2014 season opener when 49ers fans took over 
uh, AT&T Stadium, and it was a sea of red, et cetera, et cetera. This is a great point from James that, you know, this is a playoff game. Every Cowboys fan is like, I got to be there for this. This that it's, it's apples to oranges. So, Dan, I put it to you. Are you going to be rooting for the Eagles on Sunday? I am not going to be rooting for the Eagles mm. on Sunday. I have I have some reasoning. It's uh, I'm conflicted. I'll say this, but um, the biggest reason is I actually do not want the Packers to have an easy opponent. I want okay. things to be harder for Green Bay when they placed, and I think there's a a greater chance of an upset if it's the Rams or the Cardinals. So I would rather see. Those guys play them, yeah. and there's a the, purpose. I, don't, I, I like this at least. There's some logic. The stretch was all just passion. I like this. This is logic. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll root for the upset when when the timing's right. But right now, mm. I, I I don't think it's right. And the other one, the reason is, you know, of course, I don't want to see the Eagles move, you know, move on farther than we do because you know we don't want to listen to that. So there's the hate of you know just the Eagles in general, and. So those are the, the two biggest reasons why, I, I, you know, I do not want to see Philadelphia win. This, this Tony, uh, we're going to try this. Uh, it, it seems like you, I don't know if you went down to the internet company and pitched a fit. I mean, you were gone for a while. Um, so, Tony, we're talking about if the Eagles are to beat the Buccaneers on Sunday, that would mean a Dallas win would give them a home playoff game in the divisional round. Are you rooting for the Eagles on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I I hate the Eagles as much as anybody. Oh, I hate the NFC East. I hate the NFC East as anybody, right? But at the same time, anything that's more advantageous for the Cowboys, I'm all in for. I'd rather the home game. I I don't have any, you know, I don't care if the if the Eagles beat Tampa Bay like and and if we get bounced in the first round and they win, uh, whatever. I mean, my 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 gripe and the reason I'm a fan of the Cowboys is for them to win Super Bowls, not for you know the Eagles to lose or win. I don't, I don't care. So mm. if, that was they, look at this dude just coming off the bench and sinking threes. Oh my gosh, Tony! Man, wow. Okay, Tom, uh, split the tie because Tony's argument was good enough for two, and, and Dan and, and Sturge were against. Uh, well, it, it's kind of like last night when the vast majority of the nation was rooting for the anybody but Nick Saban to win the, the national championship and got satisfied. Thank you, Tony. Uh, I feel like I can go into this game rooting for anybody but Tom Brady and the Buccaneers to win, except it's the dang Philadelphia Eagles. So I'll still kind of be rooting for the Buccaneers to lose. I just and morally conflicted because I can't figure out how that cannot involve an Eagles win, which sticks in my crawl. That's the classic, you know, Cowboys Homer response. Like, look, I can't root for the Eagles to win, but I can root for the Bucks to lose. All right. Um, there's merit yeah. to that. I mean, Dan, Dan's path is probably the best. Yeah. It, it ensures that Philadelphia doesn't get past Dallas, you know, because if they were to win early on Sunday, it would be in the back of all of our minds like, man, what if we lose? Then the Eagles got farther than us. That would be annoying, blah, blah. So it ensures that it gives the Packers a tougher opponent, theoretically speaking, in the divisional round. And if that is an upset, then Dallas still gets to host the NFC title game. So, you know. If so facto, uh, Dan wins the round. Good for you, Dan Rogers. Uh, anybody upset with that? Good. All right, great. Uh, F Kit Crutch says, "Call me crazy. I want the hardest road possible." Definitely, you're crazy. Uh, <laughs> definitely uh, an interesting approach there, F Kit Crutch. All right, it is time for our game. 
I have asked each person here to bring sheets of paper and a pen. Tony, you had some issues, and it looks like you are having them again. Tony, are you there? Goodness Oof. gracious, this guy. All right, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Tony Catalina. Tom Sturge, Dan, do you have your pieces of paper? Yeah. Uh, y- yes. Are you sure, Dan? That was a question. Well, I, I, I don't know how many pieces I'm going to need. Uh, well, you'll need one less if Tony's gone. I'll say that. Uh, but uh, let's get Tony off the screen. <clears throat> if he returns, we'll get him back up there. Ethan, by the way, says, I forgot my pen. Anybody have a spare pen? They can lend. I got you, Ethan, right here, bro. <clears throat> yeah, me too. All right. I got two. So we're all focused on the 49ers. All the talk is on the Niners. And I'm sure we'll kind of cover that here. But I have asked each person to prepare the take that they are most passionate about when it comes to the Cowboys. All right. This could be positive. It could be negative. But the thing that they feel the most passionate about when it comes to the 2021 Dallas Cowboys in our current moment. You all sent your takes earlier. Does anybody want to amend it? Don't say it out loud, Tom, but does anybody want to change, you know, what they what they sent earlier? Okay. No. All right. So what I would like each of you to do is I would like you to write agree on one piece of paper, disagree on another piece of paper, and as somebody else is talking – Hold it up. Hold it up whether you agree. You're going to throw some some love, some flair at your fellow panelists. Whoa, that was a loud tear, whoever that was. Goodness gracious. That sounded, yeah, like, that sounded like one of those spiral notebooks like that goes all the way around the, the entire spine. And after a person is done, just like the slam dunk contest, 1 to 10, 10 being the highest grade you can give, the highest level of agreement, 1 being the lowest level of agreement, we're going to give every single person here a grade. And then we're going to add them up, and we are going to objectively determine tonight's winner, since I've been accused of doing it in a bit of a subjective fashion before. Is everybody okay with this? Okay. Could you run back? We are going to hold up agree and disagree. To That's just people. more for, for moral support or moral um, okay. you know, tearing a person down. You know, this is a strategy, Tom. You want to, you know, if you, if you want to throw up disagree while Dan is talking like you do offline, you know, it's up to you. You want to try to bring him down? Dan, we all have to, just like a, a closing argument, we all have to step up and make it. So you got to play some mind games with people, all right? If you want to write something else besides agree or disagree, you can. Keep it PG-13. This is a family show, you know? All right. So, uh, wow, Tom, that is some large penmanship. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Uh, everybody going print. Nobody, nobody went cursive here. I find that interesting. I don't even teach uh, cursive in school anymore. I mean, <laughs> you know, my my third grade teacher, Mrs. McDermott, would be really upset if she found out that uh, that nobody went cursive. All right, now does anybody anybody feeling cocky? Anybody want to go first? Anybody want to make their their case first? Or, or are you guys scared and want me to do it? I'll, I'll go. I don't care. Um, I actually want to save your Sturge because it works well with Tony's. Um, All right. So, so um. Tom, you can go first. The floor is yours. Okay. And this is, uh, and you do have to preface this with, you know, we kind of got, whoever got in first got to claim their topic. Uh, <laughs> don't forget about that. I just, but however, I do firmly believe this. As a matter of fact, more than the ones that I think I saw before me is, uh, <laughs> is it's up to Kellen Moore, more than anybody else, how the Cowboys fare because if the Cowboys are going to win this game, I think they have to come out and start scoring points. 
if they don't score points, if they don't get a lead, a lead built up, uh, then I don't see how – I think there's a great fear of the 49ers running game. Everybody's concerned about the 49ers running game coming out and pounding a Cowboys defense that occasionally has a little trouble with the run. So I think you're going to need to get some uh, some points up early, take a big lead, force the ball into Jimmy Garoppolo's hand, and then Jimmy Garoppolo has had coincidentally one turnover per game. Uh, so the Cowboys tend to be better at generating turnovers than anybody else in the NFL. So that's how I want to see it is have Garoppolo having to throw the ball and maybe even fumble it. He's got some fumbles too. All right, uh, Sturge, you, you'd put disagree up first. Um, go ahead. Uh, no, I, I I think that the, the – Call them out. Yeah, Craig. no, I think the offense will kind of take care of itself. I think it's it depends on the execution. Like the play calls will be the play calls, but it's about getting this execution correct, and it's about this offensive line as well. That defensive four, uh, the front for the 49ers is going to dictate a lot of what we do as an offense. I really, truly believe that – here's my new theory with Dak Prescott. If he's at the line making changes all the way to about two seconds, that means he's confused, and that means things are going wrong. It's not he's not Peyton Manning. He's not Omaha in this thing to the to the ninth degree where you feel like oh he's the smartest guy in the room. It's Kellen Moore's playbook. We all know it by now. There isn't any wrinkles that he saved for the playoffs, despite the fact that everybody thinks that could be a thing. I think it's all about execution and about protecting Dak Prescott and letting him go through his progressions and letting him do his damage. It's not going to have much to do with the play calling itself. Uh, Dan, you agreed with Tom. So, you know, go ahead. Defend your boy. No, I disagreed with him uh, on his main point, but he said a lot of things after that, that I agreed with. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Kellen, Kellen's going to be ready. Um, I, I'm really excited about what we're going to see with, uh, with the play calling on Sunday. Uh, I think that he's going to be do some things that, are, you know, it's going to remind us why we loved him in the first part of the the season. Uh, I'm not worried about him at all. Um, I do think that something else can happen, and I'll save that for, for someone else. Um, but I don't think that there is going to be a situation where it's going to be too much is coming at him. Uh, I do think that a, a bigger factor is going to be – a particular player in his execution, but as far as play calling, it's going to be great. There's going to be a lot of stuff happening, a lot of stuff to like. Cowboys still got to make the plays, but um, you know, I, I'm not worried at all about what, what Kellen throws out there. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, so Tom, that's two people that disagreed with you, not counting myself. Um, so three people, Tom, I don't know if that's really obvious yet. Um, I don't think you can put the pressure for, you know, containing or, you know, uh, you know, agitating Jimmy Garoppolo on Kellen Moore. That's on Dan Quinn. Like I, I, you know, I understand your point in your line of thought that, you know, Kellen's got to coordinate an offense and call a game that scores a lot of points, makes the mountain too tall for Jimmy and Coda to climb, but let's not forget the 49ers did, you know, come back from 17, nothing. I mean, it's, it's been done before. So that's why I think it was done last week. I think this game, if I have to put it on one person is on Dan Quinn. That's the difference. If, if, you know, I don't even think it's on Dak Prescott. I might even say it's on Micah Parsons. If I have to pick one single person, because again, we've talked so much about how this team is different. It has the same levels of offensive success as other Cowboys teams of the past but their defensive success has been what has separated them for a long time. Uh, so, Tom, uh, we'll give you one last chance to kind of explain your terrible point, and then we will all give you a number grade 1 to 10. No, I said what I wanted to say. <laughs> all right, uh, everybody, uh, your number prediction for Tom uh, in terms of uh, how you feel he did. If you are watching along live with us, you can definitely participate as well. One to ten. Ten being if you agree with him with all of your heart. One being if you don't agree at all. Sturge gave him a four. Dan gave him a... Th- is that a three, Dan? Uh, yeah, it is. You're too close enough. to the camera, Dan. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a three. Tom, I actually gave you the highest grade. I thought I was being harsh. I went 4.9 uh, okay. Like with the theme of 49ers. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, that's an 11.9 total score for you, Tom. Um, let's see here. Uh, we've got some comments coming in now. Uh, Donnie says seven, so higher than any of us. Kevin says five. Again, I was going to go five, but you know, I just wanted to be fun. Uh, F Kit Crutch says 10, so you are not alone, Tom. I'll say that. Um, Peyton says six, not Manning. Starts with your Omaha. I Blue 365 says seven. Ninja Nuts says four. Clayton says two. Rich Cheesy Boy says four. Johnny Boy RN says three. James says three. Mitchell says six. Casey says a big fat five. Just to be very clear here. Now she's, um, now she's body shaming you, Tom. Um, <laughs> and uh, Burn1686 says five as well. Tom, the people have spoken. Uh, I don't know if y'all can see this. This pen lights up. Um, it might be difficult to see through the light. But anyway, so an 11.9 score for you, Tom. Do you feel that was fair? Do you feel like the process was fair to you? This is more objective than me doing it. Yeah, that's fine. I'm okay. good. I'm Rotund good. to five, by the way. Casey came back. <laughs> uh, uh, wow. Uh, all right. So uh, the 4.9 is in the books. Tom has a score. Again, agree or disagree as the point is being made. Um, if you do agree or disagree, obviously. Uh, Dan, you'll come up next, but I will go ahead and go. I think Tony's just out. Uh, I haven't heard from him. So um, he might be, um, I don't know, might be, might be somebody in trouble uh, near Tony's neck of the woods. So. 
here we go. Now I told I was first. Tom, you mentioned it that we all kind of claim dibs. This was my idea, so I got there first. So Tom did kind of want a piece of this, uh, to be very clear. So I think in a way I've already got an advantage. Um, in that, by the way, Tom DJ Dog Thirty One says Tom gets best background with the old school flag. So picking up some points. Here we go. So Oops, wrong way. I did kind of call an audible from what I told you guys in the chat. My take. Thing I'm most passionate about. All right. That's where this is coming from. Greg's airline is a problem, but John Fossil is a bigger one. All right. Now, I recognize that John Fossil has done a lot of good. Dan, you're holding yours too low. So I we, we can't see. There we go. Okay. Um, I recognize that John Fossil has done a lot of good and he has turned the Cowboys special teams group into a solid one in the overall. So I don't mean like, you know, John's terrible, get rid of John, need a new special teams coordinator, whatever. What I mean is that the problem of Greg Zerline is no longer a Greg Zerline problem. It is a John Fossil problem. All right, Greg Zerline sucks. We know that, like breaking news here. I mean, you know, like I don't blame Greg Zerline at all for sucking anymore because we know that to be the case. He, What's he going to do? Like he's going to just, you know, you know what, guys, I'm good. I'm, re- I'm going to retire. I'm, I'm going to stop taking these, you know, 50 grand checks because, you know, I have too much integrity. You know, I I, I don't want to do that to the Dallas Cowboys. No, Greg Zerline's going to keep getting paid and kicking balls and showing up for work every week and missing field goals and missing extra points. And so, like, this is and has been on John Fossil for a long time. I understand you want to bring your boy with you from L.A. to Dallas. Fine. We were all kind of juiced about the idea of Greg Zerline in the early days of 2020. I understand he has the watermelon kick. You feel like this is why I've got this high level of comfort with him, et cetera, blah, 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 whatever. Okay, cool, John. I understand you want to bring him back for 2021 despite the struggles because everything sucked last year. Fine. You know what? We'll give everyone a mulligan for last year, except for Jalen Smith. That's the only thing we're willing to like fully discuss. All right. But John, and and the take I hate the most, to be very clear here, because I've been tweeting about this. I've been on a rampage. All right. And people think I'm anti Greg Zerline, but when it comes to this problem, I'm anti John Fossil. All right, people love to say, oh, you know what? It's it's too late now, so why are you moaning and groaning? Like, what do you expect? Like, you know, they're just going to bring in a kicker off the street. What do you want? And I've said this, and I mean it completely seriously. I want them to build a time machine and go back in time and be humble enough to admit their mistakes. And that's impossible, which means they have either, they're either going to luck out or they screwed us. One of those two things. It's, it's not anything in between. And look, Greg Zerline has missed a field goal or an extra point in eight of the 16 games that he has played in this season, half of the time he has cost the Cowboys points. You can make an argument they lost the Tampa Bay game because of him. You can make an argument they lost the Arizona game because of him. He has missed a kick in 15 of 32 games with the Dallas Cowboys. He has missed a field goal or an extra point in two of the three playoff games that he has played. When John Fossil was asked about Greg Zerline on Monday, he said, look, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I think I'm going to be right. I guess we'll see. What the hell kind of coaching is that? Like, that's, that's like, you know, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's like, you know, RJ, why'd you buy the, uh, this lotto ticket with these numbers? I don't know. I think these are going to win. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I'm right, you know, great. We'll see. That is so stupid. That is, I, I think about this movie a lot in this context. Have any of you ever seen the movie 21 with, uh, yeah. about the, the MIT uh, yeah. card counters and stuff? Well, if anyone hasn't, it's a movie about kids that go to MIT. They're very smart and they count cards, whatever. Uh, their teacher, their professor is like the head of the, the scheme or whatever. And so he's the one who teaches them how to count cards, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. 
The main character has an emotional moment near the middle of the movie. He's all upset about the girl he's pining over and whatnot. And so he goes down and he get, you know, has a few too many and he's no longer counting cards. He's just hitting and going over and over and over. And the professor is scolding him and says, you were no longer counting cards. You were gambling. And that is a different thing. And Greg, or John Fossil is no longer counting cards when it comes to how he approaches this position. He is gambling. Remember how in the beginning of the season, back in the preseason, there was all the chatter about if Johnny Hecker had been released by the Los Angeles Rams, John Foss was going to bring him. Got Greg Zerline, got Jake McQuaid. He needs the third one, needs his third piece. If he had gotten Johnny Hecker, we would have lost out on one of the best punters in the NFL in Brian Anger that they had to settle for because he isn't John Fossil's bro. I rest my case. Whoever wants to take it, go for it. Kevin Spacey was the uh, main actor of that movie. Phenomenal film, by the way, uh, as far as 21 is concerned. All right, first of all, we saw we saw what happened la- when, when Mike McCarthy came on board, right? He was going to go get his boys to come, his brothers in arms to come coach this team. Mike Nolan, remember him? He was here for a cup of coffee. He wound up stinking up the joint, right? So right away, you got that mentality of saying, you know what, maybe let's not bring our friends and our old compadres. Let's build something together. What John Fossil did was bring his boy from L.A., right? And we, listen, statistically, historically, they called him Greg the Leg for a reason. People liked Greg Zerline, but somewhere along the line, whether it be the back injury or whatever they were claiming, right, that's fine. If If the kid is banged up, right? Do something about it. The Cowboys were competent in their ways and letting their punters and and backup guys and guys off the practice squad kick off while Greg Zerline was resting and making sure he was good to go. That's not how you do it. This is a Wally Pitt moment for all you old school uh, you know, sports fans out there. If you get hurt and somebody comes in and takes your job, that's it. You lose your job. Greg Zerline should, at, at the very least, and I've been saying this since, since Jump Street, had competition. Just get him a kicking competition. If somebody sinks 15 out of 16 in a tryout and Zerline's 11 of 16, who are you going to take? And unfortunately, you're you're right. You're absolutely right, RJ. This is a John Fossil thing because in that event, if somebody hits 11 out of 16 and somebody hits 15 out of 16 and 11 out of 16 is his buddy, he's taking his buddy. And that's the problem. Kevin says, if Fossil is wrong, is he going to go out and buy me a Super Bowl trophy? I hated, I hated that quote, Dan. I, I, I cannot think of a Cowboys quote that I have hated more than that. The hubris I, I involved there. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. What, what's the quote you hate more? You know, I think, uh, you know, you call the audible hill here, RJ, but I think that you should have stuck with the original play. And I think what lost it for you was when Fossil brought in Tiger Woods. So, oh, when, man. So, I, I, <laughs> I really so, go ahead, Dan. Sorry. I mean, I, you know, I feel like I'm Kevin Spacey coming down to talk to you. It's like, okay, <laughs> you're, you're too emotional on this. You know, yeah, let's just let's put this in perspective. Yes, uh, it was stupid what Fossil said. I don't, I agree completely that all that stuff was just tough to listen to. But is he bigger problem than Greg Zerline? I mean, let's. What relative in the in the like scope of the Greg Zerline problem? That's what I mean. Again, he's a phenomenal special teams coordinator. He's just too emotionally compromised here. Yeah, well, I mean, if we're just talking about how we're dealing with Zerline, then I don't know. Then I guess McCarthy's the biggest problem. Then I, mean, I agree with he, you. I, I agree he, with you there. But I just think that I don't know. I, there's he he's done a lot. So I I, I didn't like Bones at first because last year I thought things were just terrible. There's just so many great things. All the all the block punts they've had, and we have the best punter in the league. And whether it's he by accident, want, 
Um, but he's he's there. I mean, he's there. <laughs> so we got to give him credit. And I, I, but as far as the Zerline, I don't know. I just think that I, I I'm really I, I supported Zerline. I mean, we had this roundtable month ago or so, and I was like, oh, just come on. He's almost got it. He's just you know, just something mental. He'll he'll get it. And then of course he, he didn't, and he's just terrible. But I don't know. It's to I I can't say Fossil is is the bigger one. Tom, if the Cowboys lose because of a Greg Zerline miss, I mean, like, how how is it not a massive indictment on how, how they were complacent to this? Okay, so you said yourself, what you really Tom, want I is gave you the, the highest score on your point, just to be okay. very clear, because you sounded very tense right there. I just want to be very clear. I have to look at things objectively and as an honest analyst. And what I hear is a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing here, RJ. This, this, uh, I mean, you said you want them to go back and grovel about we were wrong about Greg Zerline. What good does that do? Did you want them to be coming out this past week saying, yeah, Greg Zerline sucks. We have no faith in him. Now trot out there and hit that field goal if we No, really but he it, sucks Greg. the same now that he sucked in week six, and they sat on that, and now they're here. They're complacent. And, and in yeah. this problem, I, I agree in like a logical sense that there's no fix for it today, but they allowed this. And so if this if they lose because of this, if they put all this work in, and because of their own hubris or ignorance or arrogance or however you want to term it, if they lose because of him, it is completely on them for allowing this environment to continue on. Well, where was the fix, really? I mean, what do you They do had a kicker the- coming off the street and go five for five on extra points. And I'm not saying like okay. Reem is, is the greatest kicker of all time, but he's concrete proof that it can be done. Y'all believe in this offense? How about we just go for two going forward? Yeah, I mean, why are you going to let yourself? I mean, this there seems to be so much focus here on needing a Greg Zerline kick to win the game, which I don't think is that big a probability going in. It's the playoffs, and it's, man. It's kind of, it, I know, but it's kind of catastrophizing. And I've always Great wondered, you, you pull in somebody to challenge Greg Zerline, and one of two things happen. You decide to go with the guy who's probably not as known a quantity, and then you send Greg Zerline out, and that guy fizzles, and then where are you? Or you bring him in, have the open conversation, say, good job, Greg. You won. We didn't trust you in the first place, but you won. I, I mean, I don't. Me, that's why a, are we, why are we peppering Fossil and McCarthy with these and Jerry Jones? Although you should never ask Jerry Jones these questions. Man, Jerry but why killed we, him. Goodness. Yeah, why are we peppering them with these questions when they can't really come out and have an honest discussion? We're in prep for the first playoff game, and they want to have Zerline feeling good about himself. So now let's just bring this all up and cut him down. It's just I, this is all this is what you would be talking about in a postmortem. And either it will be something we'll talk about and we can deride them and talk about how heads should roll, or it won't come up. Or, and let's face it, Zerline is better than a 50-50 kicker. I, I disagree. 
I mean, he's again, he's missed. No, look at his. He's he's missed a kick of some kind in half of the 16 (laughs) games he's played in. He is literally a 50 50 kicker. That's that's, that's why I like this idea of like, well, if we bring someone in and he's not as good, what do we do? Like, how do we go back to Greg? Screw Greg. Like, you don't have to go back to him. That's 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 statistically inaccurate. He's actually he's doing less than the league average on extra points. But if you look at the the time, you know you know those analytics charts that tell you whether you should go forward or kick. He is like at about eighty to ninety percent on the kicks, where the chart says you should go for it. Well, the analytics says this is a smart place to kick the field goal. He is kicking very well. I saw that out on Twitter, and I can't quite find that. If you go, if he goes out there, you're actually looking at somebody who's probably at about a 75-80% chance of getting the winning field goal for you. You know, yeah, I'd love to have Tucker, somebody who's just really Mr. Reliable, but you know, I, I know he wears he, wristbands, Tom. Do what? I? I said it's because he wears wristbands. I'll believe I, I'll yeah. I'll die on that hill. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. We've By the way, it. shout out to Donnie King. Donnie King had the comment of the year. Uh, he came back. I think. I think it was a Waterboy reference, and if it was, like one million points to Donnie King last year. The game, the last game of the year, Brent can't hold anything back. Yeah, <laughs> so that is a that is a Waterboy uh, awesome. Musburger reference. Um, Amazing. Okay. All right. Bring it. Your hardest. Your hardest criticism, Tom. One to ten. How much do you agree with the case that I laid out? Ten being RJ's a genius. I would follow him into the pits of valor. I don't know if that's a thing. One being he's stupid and I hate everything he has to say. Sturge has given me a seven. Tom, I gave you a four point nine. Tom gave me a three. Dan gave me a three. That is a I score. I didn't ask you to go easy on me. That is a score of sixteen from the panelists. Wow, sixteen out of a possible thirty. I have a better, you know, accuracy percentage as far as games <laughs> than well Greg Zerline. Well Let's go, my people. Johnny Boy says ten. Peyton says ten. Anthony the gamer. Very specific people here. Uh, I've lost it. Uh, says seven. Ninja Nuts says seven. Man, T Dan, Tom, y'all just a bunch of haters. I believe. I guess they love Zerline. Yeah, I. Uh, I believe this three sixty-five says two. Um, Let's see. Uh, Ooh, Rich, with Rich, another uh, body description. Rich Easy Boy says eight. Kevin says seven. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm Samuel says ten. I'm only highlighting the the positive. Um, <laughs> at this point. Uh, Casey says a svelte and slender. Svelte. Svelte. <laughs> I feel like the only number I would describe as slender is seven. Like six is kind of too round. Of an, round. Yeah, it's round, right? Yeah. Well, one is just like there, you know, like seven is like leaning. Like I think of like seven is really slender. Like seven has a has an agenda. You know, Especially what I'm when you add one of those thingies on it. I don't know what you call them, but it's like when you put the thing in the middle. Ah, OK. <laughs> um, now, DJ Dog 31 says when Greg the leg missed the kick in the cards game, it still would not have changed our playoff. Steve still would have had the three seed with the Rams losing. That doesn't matter. He missed it and they would have won the game. Um, KF55 uh, says the poor kicker's ears are burning. Ooh, Jeremy, last one, Antonio Ricardo Villarreal, a hard 10. All right, suck it, Tom. Suck it, Dan. Um, all right, Dan, speaking of you and your terrible opinions, let's hear yours. Let's hear. Well, uh, Go ahead. I just want to say I only gave you three because I'm running out of paper. So Sturch is also going to get a three or an eight <laughs> if it's really good. So uh, just to let you know. Right <laughs> Did you um, only bring one sheet? You're writing on both sides. Bring. He's at home, Tom. He didn't bring. He's got everything there. He's going to write on the back of bills. Oh, man. Um, 
We're going to find out his AT&T wireless bill after he puts up his <laughs> next number. Um, All right, so... By, by the way, sorry, Dan. Casey says, I meant to type seven, haha, but my non-spelt hand messed up. All right, cool. So we're all on the same page. Uh, Dan, go ahead. The take you're most passionate about. So, you know, I'm tired of, of uh, doing so well on these uh, roundtables so recently. So I'm, I'm going to rest my arguments, you know, in preparation for the playoffs. And I'm also tired of Tom always, you know, sink into rock bottom. And so I'm going to give him a chance here to just not be last. Because nobody's going to like my take at all. Just prepare yourself right now. Um, so my take is if the Cowboys get bounced from the playoffs, it's going to be because of the play of Dak Prescott. Now, I want to say first that it's not going to – I mean, he's not going to be terrible. Um, I love Dak Prescott. I mean, but I honestly think that the Cowboys are going to do enough to win this football game but if Prescott is not playing at a high level, we're not going to be able to beat some of these teams. And, you know, we've, we've seen some of his struggles down the stretch, and uh, a lot of it is just with his instincts. And like I say, when he gets confused at the line and some of his reads, he's not decisive with the ball. And a lot of this has created some issues with our ability to, you know, put points on the board. So that's my biggest worry. I love Prescott. I mean, we did like a round table a few weeks ago and I wore a Prescott Jersey because I, I did that because I, I wanted to tell everyone that I still love Dak Prescott. He's, he's a great quarterback, make no mistake about it. And then we actually had a draft that, that uh, episode and I get him like ninth overall cause nobody wanted him. So what is Tom doing? He pulled up a tweet. Hold on. Tom, I'm going to read this. Are you showing <laughs> us your phone? This is Tom. No, bring it closer, Tom. This is good. Remember, this is my football team tweet. is 11 men on the field at the same time. It includes the offense, defense, special teams. One player, no matter how good, doesn't win by himself, according to well, Tom Royal. Yeah, that is my entire rebuttal. You're right, but I tell you what, he's a he's a very important player, and he's got to play. He's got to play at a high level for us to go far. And if if he's just if he's off and he just has one of those games, it's it's going to be our demise and. You know, I hope it never happens. I hope Prescott just plays well and we just ride this thing out, you know, to the to the championship. But I just have a bad feeling that if if we go down, I think the defense will do enough. That they'll there'll be things to critique, but I think they'll play well enough. And then I think the offense to play Colin will be well you know, good enough. But it, I think Prescott is his play if it's just not sharp. And I mean you got we're talking about playing against Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I mean, you gotta play sharp so that's that's my take yeah but there's got to be dozens of scenarios where Dak prescott goes out and has an outstanding game and something else loses it for greg zerline that's my problem Uh, are there tom give give yourself an extra point on your score for me for that uh well not if greg's kicking it uh by the way uh mike o'daniel noted i did the math incorrectly which is really embarrassing uh that i had a score of 13 not 16 but you know what mike i'm still in the lead so you know who's the the real winner here um okay tom you make a great point but i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of speak up for dan um and and take your point in a bit of a different direction if you don't mind dan um you can agree or disagree if you want but mitchell says totally agree now is the time for qb1 to earn his money and so where I agree with you, Dan, is the narrative. All right. And and like that's fair or unfair, Tom. Okay, fine. It's a it's a game of eleven people. But like this is if if they lose and he is not great if he is Denver Dak or 
first three quarters of the Raiders game deck or, you know, the three game stretch from New Orleans through New York deck. I mean, if he is that guy in front of the entire world, it will be the Cowboys paid this dude. They gave him $40 million. They gave he's just that's who he is. He's a really good quarterback. He had a great defense. Look at all the Cowboys teams of the past. They didn't have great defenses and they went farther. They did this. They did that. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. They had, he had Michael Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, blah, blah. All the Romo stands will come out. Who did Romo have? Blah, blah. They'll forget DeMarcus Ware and people because that's what the Romo stands do. And so, like, the narrative will work against Dak. Maybe you don't care about that, Tom, and that's fine. Like, you know, I, I'm not saying you should or I should or anybody should. But as Donnie says, Donnie's in the running for MVP tonight. says throw a perfect ball, but it's not caught. It will always fall on Dak. This is the moment that we have been getting towards. I mean – like we all agree Dak is different. He's that dude. He's QB one, like all the cool cliche statements and whatnot, but like Dak has a chance to make his mark and it's so difficult to get to this spot. And it, and no matter who else is having success, he is the face of it all. So Dan, in that sense, I agree wholeheartedly with you. What's Thank that you. got to do with the, the point though? It's, it's, you're talking it's, about the that. narrative, not yeah, about, that. I look at this as, Okay, what would what would be the reason the Cowboys lost the game? And I'm just saying, if you're saying it's a simple binary choice between Dak did or did not play well enough, yeah, I don't. That doesn't make any sense to me. That that means that you know he is the only determinant that nothing else could cause this game. I the say biggest. he can go out and play an excellent game. He is the most influential player on the field. Yes, but. That doesn't mean they would lose because he didn't play well enough. Other things can influence the game. You know, I, I'm just saying it. To, to it's just it's just taking it to the extreme, where if you had made the argument that he's the most important factor in the win, then yeah, you could have got like an eight or a nine from me. That, that's obvious. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's but that's, point, Tom. But that's but that's not what that's not what it says. You know, well, the, the I mean, that, that was, says, I mean, I think Dan encapsulated it well. Anthony the Gamer says Dak is making 75 million this year. He's going to shoulder most of the blame. He has to be great in the playoffs. That is the expectation. And if he's not, it's in the context of the, of the situation, obviously, but it's disappointing. It is. Well, That's why go search. The floor is yours. No, I'm just saying, let's be honest. I mean, every time Dak Prescott has played a playoff game, he's actually done very well. You know, like mm -hmm. outside of that Rams game, which again, that was. CJ Anderson, Mike Anderson, whichever Anderson, I forget mm -hmm. which one it was, but he ran down our throats, but Dak didn't play a bad game. And then before that, you saw him go toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers, and then he beat Seattle prior to that. So, like, he's had playoff success. I'm not worried about that, but I agree um, uh, at a range of a six. I know we're not giving out numbers yet, but I I'm with Dan, and I think that there are there are many factors in this one. I think this has a lot to do with the offensive line and his protection. Um, I think it's also what Dak can recognize at the line. Like, look, like I said before, if he's there doing this, pointing this way, this, that, the other, calling Michelob and whatever the heck else verbiage he uses where he's trying to change the play, that's not a good scenario for Dak Prescott. I need him to go out there, use his legs again, empty the clip against the 49ers, regroup, do it again the following week. Dak Prescott's play has a lot to do with how far we can go in the NFL playoffs. I don't want to hear anything about the, uh, the contract stuff. That's just, that's just trash at this point because, look, every quarterback – Dak Prescott's contract is going to be wind up being the the, the ninth highest paid contract sure. in a couple of years from now anyway. So let's stop with the whole, oh, he's going to earn his money. They all got to earn their money. Everybody's getting paid. Let's earn their money. But Dak Prescott, the pressure falls on him. 
And I think it is very true that he needs to have a playoff type game that he's had in the past for them to get by the 49ers. Yeah. I, and that's, that's kind of the, I, I agree with Sturch and Dan. I mean, this is, this is Dan's point. So Dan, you're sitting really pretty here. Um, Sorry, Tom. I was really trying to help you. Out. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it's, it's the name of the game, you know, Tom, and I get your point too, Tom. I mean, but it's, this is a Dan pick, Dan, Dan touched a nerve, I think, for a lot of people here. And so, um, you know, he's, he's going to say it wasn't, but I think that was strategy. Dan knows what he's doing. Look, as he sips his – what do we got there, Dan? Water? Tea? It's, hot, it's water. Uh, I thought it was some hot cocoa up in the, the maple syrup part of the world. Nope. Um, okay. So and, – and I also Dan, – Dan mentioned Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and it's not a quarterback-quarterback thing, but if Dak were to lose a game to Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, that would – I mean – we sat here and said, man, we wouldn't want to live in a world where the Eagles advance farther than the playoffs. I would not want to hear a word about how Dak lost to Jimmy Garoppolo. It would be nauseating. So it yeah. is now time to uh, grade Dan's point. Ten, if you completely agree with him. One, if you don't at all agree with him. Tom, you had a huge problem with him, and you gave him a five and gave me a three. What the hell, man? Uh, because I think he is at least talking about something that's far more pertinent to the playoffs than your rant about the kicker. Tom, I, I mean, think you look marvelous tonight. All right. Kicker. Just so that is on record. Uh, Tom, what can you hold your score up again, please? Tom? It was a five. Okay. A five. Uh, Sturge, because I think he's half right in his approach. It's just, wow. It's not so hard. you're half wrong. Dan is what I heard. I give Dan an eight an Ocho for Ochoa. Uh, so that's 14, 19. Somebody double check my math here. Cause I got it wrong a little while ago. Um, so congratulations to you, Dan. How you feeling? Uh, let's see here. We've got other people. Uh, Donnie says six, Kevin does two F kit five. Jeremy says four, Anthony, the gamer goes all the way to nine. Uh, Johnny boy says zero. Nope. Mike seven. Um, Dr. Forbin slash Colossus says three. Um, oh, that's you know, a classic reference. Oh, Kevin says Tom is actually fossil in a Tom costume tonight. Now I understand what's going on here. That makes Whoa. sense to me. Yeah, uh, I wish I had that paycheck. Uh, oh, <laughs> Casey Hammond, rocking hot eight. Dan speaking the painful truth. Dan, your thoughts? <laughs> no, I'm surprised. Uh, you know, I, I think our fan base is pretty smart and, uh, you know, that's it's it's something that we don't want to accept and don't want to think about. But I I just think it's 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 a real possibility. And, you know, we've seen a glimpse of it this this season. And, you know, it's I, I just think this is a really good football team. And I mean, the table is set for us to go go places. And and Dak's just got to be great. He's got to be great. It's it's our time to be great. I mean, he Sturch is right. He, he played well in the other playoff games, but he he's got to be great. Dan, I mean, Tom, sorry, Tom. Yeah, I just just wanted to go on a side note. On the comment Kevin Shari said about me actually being fossil in a Tom costume, <laughs> is that a pun on the way he spelled fossil? Yeah, that, 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 that did in that that, was, was indicative spelled. to your age, too. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know that he's – I think the if it's a pun, it's, it's, for, it's for Bones' is like awful way of thinking. Um, yeah. it's, it's antiquated. That's how I took that, at least. Yeah. Um, I, like, ooh, no, I give him extra points if he worked that in as a pun. That was Hi clever. Hymas says 10, 10, 10. All right, Sturge, we're going to get to yours, but um, 
we don't have to have a huge chat about this, Tony. RIP, by the way. Uh, clearly, you know, gone but not forgotten, Tony Catalina. Uh, but his point was this, and I wanted him to come after you. So, Dan, Tom, you and I can kind of just set Sturch up here. Um, you know, no spoilers what to Sturch's point is. But this was Tony's point for everyone. The majority of touches should go, incidentally, to Tony Pollard on Sunday. Now, Dan, Tom, the Cowboys chose to rest Tony Pollard last week. One of the only people who they made the conscious decision not to play wasn't a COVID or illness or, you know, injury sort of situation. This does kind of feel like they might recognize that. Again, I'm not going to make Tony's point for him, but just, you know, and everybody, uh, if you're watching, agree, disagree, number, whatever you want. And I guess we'll count Tony here um, in spirit. Uh, Dan, Tom, Sturch, agree or disagree. Uh, the time is for you to <laughs> disagree. I'm going to go ahead and agree with Tony Catalina. Uh, so does Dan. <laughs> so does Jesus. Um, so we've yeah. got, um, let's see here. Uh, Gatlin Garrett says, Tony 10 with a bunch of exclamation points. Johnny Boy 10. Dr. 10. Jeremy is a 10. Corey agree. Uh, oh, sorry, the other people are saying agree. Um, Burn 1686 says agree. <laughs> um Dan, Tom, do you want to add anything, though? Uh, Ethan does say well, – Ethan, we'll save your comment for Sturge, but uh, spoiler alert there. Uh, so um, Richard says, agree, Tony Pollard needs the ball. Dan, your thoughts here, just quickly as we uh, well, wrap up Tony's point. I just want to say I think Tony was, uh, you know, pandering to the audience. Uh, I think <laughs> I, who, who's not going to love love that? We've, everybody's been talking about Pollard for since he's been on the team. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I do agree with him. I the more touches is tough because I really think this game is going to be one where it's it's going to be pretty close. I definitely want to see a good dose of Pollard. You know, I don't know as far as if Zeke comes out with a couple more, I'm not going to, you know, if the Cowboys running game is effective. But, uh, no, I, I – and I, I – you know, they did rest him, and it is kind of weird. And, and Zeke's out there, you know, running hard. It's, it's kind of odd. So I just – I think that uh, Kellen has plans, and I think it's an include – you know, Tony Pollard running around. Tom. Great, great. Tom. <laughs> no, I, I think I think he should see it because I think he's more explosive and I think he's a bit more dangerous in the passing game. Uh, where you need Zeke in is when you need pass protection, when he's not necessarily getting a touch. And that's what people f- kind of forget about is that Zeke's greatest role might be when he's not touching the ball. Which and still kind of argues that Zeke's uh, that that Tony should maybe get more touches in the end. So to that point, I I agree with you, Tom. Like I agree that Tony Pollard should should get the bulk of ball in his hand moments. That's what I think. That's how I would define it. Like if you want to call touches, plays, snaps, whatever, because Zeke has a role in pass protection. Sure, totally agree with you. But as far as who you are prioritizing as an offensive weapon. As a scorer, it has to be Tony Pollard, and I don't know about our Tony, but I think that that was his point, um, just based on on kind of talking to him beforehand. So, uh, if everybody's ready to grade Tony, uh, Dan, I know you're in a, a tough spot with your sheets of paper, uh, but uh, <laughs> wow, Sturge with the the TikTok meme, uh, your performance is so bad, I can't give it a zero, but I give it a one. Um, I will go with an eight for Tony Catalina. That's what Dan has as well, Tom. Uh, a nine. Oh my goodness. Tony might win this thing. Not even being here. A, a leading score of 26. 
for Tony Catalina. Um, so in case um, it isn't obvious. It's pretty uh, bad he, when we lose to somebody that's not even here. <laughs> yeah, he stated something that I think three of us thought was self-evident on his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Cowboys should win if they want to win. Um, okay. Uh, Sturch, I mean, I, I say this a lot like in jest, but the floor is yours, although I really don't see why. Um, your most passionate take. Uh, I don't think that the Dallas Cowboys would be where they are today without the play, hustle, effort, and overall skill set of Ezekiel Elliott. I know that everybody has been saying, you can disagree all you want. It's fine. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pay no mind to that. I'm going to talk directly to the camera. Tunnel vision, ladies and gentlemen. Tun- tunnel vision. The reason why the Dallas Cowboys have had such an effective running game in, in multiple aspects of their game is because of, uh, of Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. And when they brought Tony Pollard in, everybody saw the flash and the dash, and everybody was really excited, including myself. I'm not going to sit here and talk to you guys about how Tony Pollard isn't good, right? Tony Pollard is an, a, he's a great, great explosive running back, but that's what he is. He is the gadget guy. He is the Alvin Kamara of our offense, right? But without Alvin Kamara, there was also a guy named Mark Ingram at one point, right? Ezekiel Elliott has taken on that leadership role, and that's what I think this camaraderie, I think the team, I think everybody rallies around Zeke. Everybody knows he's one of the faces of the franchise. Yes, it's the quarterback because that's kind of by default, but I think Ezekiel Elliott being there since Jump Street, since you talk about being uh, in the wars, right? He's been in these playoff games. He's been here before. A lot of these guys have not, right? So you're going to turn to the leaders. You're going to turn to the guys that have been here before. You're going to turn to guys like Ezekiel Elliott. He's going to pick up the blocks better than Tony Pollard. He's going to run hard regardless. You saw that in a meaningless, quote, meaningless football game against the Philadelphia Eagles. And, yes, was he trying to get his 1,000 yards? Yes, because when you look back at your individual performances, right, if you look back, let's just say, and we don't want this, let's just say the Cowboys trip up and they don't get this win this week, right? Ezekiel Elliott's got to look himself in the mirror and say, did I do everything I possibly could? Yeah, I tried to at least get my 1,000 yards to try to keep grinding away in a meaningless football game. We had everything locked up. We didn't need any other seedings. It just so happened, and I was the only one preaching on this channel, on this show, that they should play, right? I was the only one dying on that hill. Zeke Elliott is going to be the reason why, and, and this is something that you haven't seen all year round, all year. For the first time in what seems like forever, Ezekiel Elliott is going to be doing a lot of this on Sunday afternoon. Feed this beast. Let him pick up the blocks. Let him be on the field. And when the, the time is right, you splash in that dynamic, dynamic Tony Pollard. But the but the split of the touches, no. Beat up the 49er defense. The only person that can beat up the 49er defense is Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Sturge, Bring it. Like- Bring it. Bring it. <clears throat> I actually think you made Zeke sound worse. Um, yeah. Like- <laughs> You, dude, you made Zeke sound like a mascot. Like that's that's like you, you made no, it sound like, like you, you all, all, he's, wrong, all he offers is moral support. But, no. but when the Cowboys after Zeke shows up and gets everybody hyped with the pregame huddle, and the Cowboys are ready to rip off a forty-three yard run, hand the ball off to Tony Pollard. Like that—that yeah. that was my takeaway from. Nah, what see, you, I, you you took you took my. Did I? Am I Tom, Dan, did, did you did you land anywhere close to to me? No. Yeah. Well, I just, I just was thinking when he was talking about the, uh, the last bit about the whole thing about grind down the defense. There was a great little study. I wish I could get it real fast. That basically said that's a myth. That it doesn't really work that way. That you don't really grind down the, uh, the defenses the way people talk about. 
that that run it, it's it goes back to an older thing that running backs don't matter which what it really says is star running backs are not what you need you just need good running backs and good offensive line blocking and a good offensive scheme and you can get as far with with a random running back almost as long as they're competent NFL level quality as you can with one of these stars. It's why you don't pay running backs. I mean, look what happened when the Titan to the Titans, Derek Kenny went out and they didn't miss a beat. I wouldn't so, say they didn't miss a beat. I don't think that that's a hundred percent true, but in, in a general in sense, general, they were fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, the difference in everything, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, is a strong running back. He's, I don't think he's one of the elite in the NFL anymore. And I don't think he is a difference maker because I just don't think running backs, especially in the Cowboys scheme are in and of themselves. They, they are not a difference maker anymore. You know, you, your passing game is where you make the difference. I'm I, sorry. I, I literally lost my train of thought. In the that's fine. Uh, so, so, <laughs> to, clear, to clear the air, my favorite player currently right now in the Dallas Cowboys is Rain Dakota Prescott. And a lot of, a lot of, you're taking some heat here in the comments section. Starts. A lot of people, a lot of people think you're your favorite player, Zeke. Uh, well, I don't so even know his jersey. I don't. Well, Casey says Sturge isn't ready oh. to hang. Casey's been a fantastic commenter tonight. Sturge isn't ready to hang up the Zeke jersey he got for Christmas. Got to get another few years out of it. The only 21 uh-huh. jersey I have in my closet is Deion Sanders, my friends. Um, uh, Johnny Boy RN, to your earlier point, Sturge, uh, about Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, says Kamara is still a saint and Ingram keeps, keeps getting passed around. Yeah, where's Ingram uh, now? He's a saint, so everybody... Calm down. Well, I know, but like he's he's taken I'm a, talking about prime of, of what the roles they played. You know, Kamara was the dash and, and Ingram was the bruiser. This is how I feel that this is this is there. This is that's that's where we're at now. That, that I, Elliott is not going to be the guy that rips off 180 yards anymore. He's going to be the guy. He's going to Marion Barber of this offense. Now we all love Marion Barber. That guy will will literally die for you. You want somebody in that 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 the hill or what what is it, the foxhole, whatever the hell Jerry Jones usually says. I want Zeke Elliott on my team, man. I think he's a, I think he's a baller. I think he's a gamer. Yeah, if Dan. he's dying a yard behind the line of scrimmage, what good is that doing? I mean, we've seen too many plays like that. And that's and fine. I, I I'm a very I'm a very big fan of of like told you so moments. I'm very big fan of that. So I can't wait to come back here next week after we beat the Niners and say Zeke Elliott had a buck ten with a touchdown when I'm gonna say, Told you so. That's all. Uh, Dan. I, uh, you know what? I think Sturge did a very good job uh, of <laughs> making his case. Uh, now, honestly, I loved, I loved how he framed it too. I was ready to, you know, I have a paper issue, so I had to kind of do an audible on the score I gave him. But uh, Dan, I, sorry, does anybody know how many times Zeke Elliott had a buck ten at least this year? You know what? Well, it doesn't matter. Elliott <laughs> is what well, Elliott is the most underrated player on this Cowboys roster. He doesn't ever get any credit at all. The guy goes out there and nobody realizes the reps he's out there and, and the fight he's given you. I mean, it, we can just say, a, you know, oh, we can convert a fourth and one, no problem. And But, you know, no, it has to be done. And Elliot is going to is gonna drive through there. And, uh, you know, he's he's good in pass protection. There's a lot of things that Zeke does. Absolutely, he's, in a, you know, we, we wouldn't be there without. I mean, he's a key piece. Defenses know that. I mean, defenses aren't just not worrying about Zeke. Um, you know, I, 
I am a big Zeke fan. I, I do think that there's absolute there's great stats that talk about the mileage of a running back and the decline of a running back. It's undeniable, really. And you know, I'm uh, you know pulling for more Pollard, but we can't just like you know disregard Zeke and well, yeah. And Tom wants to throw him away. I don't feel that way, but um, but, but yeah, you're right. Like so, he has a role. I mean, but it should not be a primary role. It's kind of the main. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's. Let's face it, the contract has always been a factor. He's it's an elephant in the room. Um, listen, I, I'll ask but, you guys this question since we're tossing, you know, critiques back and forth, and that's fine. Um, if Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott wasn't on this team, was not on the Dallas Cowboys, would you be very comfortable with a guy like Tony, Tony Power being a three down back picking up blitzes? No, he no wouldn't but, be. but I would, I, yeah, I wouldn't, I like, wouldn't need that. They don't need that. They, they, don't, they don't need a three need down that. back. Oh, okay. It's, it's the whole thing. The, the logical way you do it is you draft a mid-round running back every three or four years and you cycle them through. And that is that is a viable approach to doing NFL football. But by the way, Sturch, since you sat, talked about wanting to have a told you so next week, why don't you just go ahead and do the big told you so right now? Because you told us so last week. They had they needed to play the starters. You were inside the heads of the coaches, which is really what we ought to aspire to be. We can oh. go ahead and, and wag our, our jaws about the things we want to do. But when you can nail what the coaches are going to do five days ahead of the game, then that's a win for you, my man. More power, more power to everybody in this conversation in this chat. The only reason why anybody, anybody is any confident whatsoever heading into this 49er game is because we beat the brakes off the Eagles last week. If we would have went out there and won 13-10, nobody would have this same tune. Nobody. I don't want to hear it. You played to win the game. You played all your starters for three and a half quarters. You beat the crap out of a division rival, swept the NFC East, got yourself – now listen to this – got yourself a better seed. How do we lost that game? We're sitting there with four, and we're worried about Kyler Murray and company, right? But we got the higher seed, and now we get to call? take on Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Tom, congratulations on singing Kumbaya there at the very end. Um, <laughs> but um, we do have F Kit Crutch, by the way, asks injured Saquon or Zeke who still runs tough. Like, Stop that. <laughs> just, what? I'm just, I'm just, what? You know, what? I, think I don't think it's a real I, I question. I, I don't think it's a real question. You paid two dollars um, for that, bro. <laughs> it's uh, it's now time to grade Sturge's take one to ten. Ten if you completely agree with him, one. If you were kind enough to listen, um, <laughs> and and that really it, um, my answer is the number of times Zeke has went for a buck ten this year too. Jeremy, uh, listen, I, as as much as these scores stink, and I got a thirteen here. Uh, Jeremy in the chat just compared me to Stephen A. Smith. I swear, Jeremy, don't let me find out where you're at. <laughs> boy, I that is there's one person on this planet who I can't stand more than anybody else. It's Stephen A. Smith. If you ever compare me to him again, we're gonna have some problems. Okay, so stop. Um, Sturch, I mean, you see the comments. You know, most people. Corey I'm actually, I smoked. Corey gave you a zero. Uh, oh. Casey, who's been just incredible at describing these, um, says a sad, miserable, droopy. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I got a. Ne did anybody else get negative scores? I got a negative score down there. <laughs> you almost did. <laughs> um, so let's see um, here. Um, I impressed myself. I'm I'm getting our um 
our our final scores uh, locked in and and loaded. To everyone, what, what, what lock, do you what do you have to say, Tom? Before you lock it in, shouldn't you take one score and throw it out for Tony because everybody else got judged on three scores. He got a fourth one in there, so I think you ought to throw one in the middle. Oh, very good, Tom. Um, what did everybody give Tony? I gave him an eight. What did you What did you guys give him? That was another eight. I so gave him I a one. To throw one of the eights out, just to an eight. eight. So you want uh, you want to take eight away from Tony? Is what you're saying, Tom? Out of fairness, like because he had four people. Uh, look at that. My math has been awful tonight. D- Derek unless J- you want to totally throw it to him and oh. take Dave's out. Okay, so you um you want you're saying you want to remove eight from Tony's score. Everybody agrees that this is fair. Yeah, I know you do, sure. Sturge. You need all the help you can get. <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to be enough, you, RJ. I think I yeah, tied I think you. He still wins, but I all think right. It's, it's uh, so it's now time to show our winners, our losers, um, and thanks to Tom ryle our winner dan rogers with a score of 19 good enough to beat tony's score of 18 ironically dan rogers was trying to throw this so that tom could win um tony comes in second place with a score of 18 sturch you and i did tie i put myself first because i'm a narcissist because r comes before s (laughs) And because your point was terrible, and I'm actually embarrassed that I have the same score as you, uh, because yeah, well, I thought spoken, my so. point was awesome. Uh, Tom, <laughs> I, I Sturge's point was terrible, and you still, Tom, finished behind it. <laughs> with a fraction point. <laughs> Tom? You're, well, you're <laughs> everybody has their role in here. I thought that's how this was written. Um, Dan, you're our winner. Congratulations. Do you have any thoughts? Well, I just want to say that this is a big game, you know, on Sunday. It's really important to me um, because I was scarred as a child when uh, the 49ers beat the Cowboys in the NFC Championship. So, and I have a lot of family and friends, you know, I live on the West Coast. And so there's, you know, it's going to be a really difficult, it's just almost like a Philadelphia uh, situation. So it's going to be really difficult if we can't get past them. So just, you know, I just hope that they really bring it this week and, um, it's just it's a, it's a big game for for this fan. Um, couple of things here. Hymas says you had the best hot take, Dan. Um, <clears throat> Casey says Tony could have very well hurt his case if he had the chance to talk about it for minutes, <laughs> uh, which is a, a great point. Um, Ethan says Tom that we could have rounded you up to twelve at the very least <laughs> instead of uh, just giving you a, an eleven point nine. Gatlin, Tom, uh, apparently the Jeff Probst of our roundtable says that you uh, just got voted off of the island. Um, so, uh, yeah. It's not for uh, Doctor says, thank you, BTV and RJ. Appreciate you, Doctor. Thanks for helping us fans through this season. And now it is for all the marbles. Go Cowboys. Uh, Dan, I loved what you said at the very end about how it's Cowboys and Niners and it's personal to you. This is super cool. I tweeted this yesterday, but like, you know, we've, you know, we've all watched or had people that watched or grew up, you know, hearing stories about Cowboys Niners. Like, it's really cool that you know, a, a new chapter for a new generation gets to be written in this, this rivalry. This is a, this is, this is a different kind of cool playoff game. Would you agree, Tom? I'm I sorry. I was reading about Dr. Foreman for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I totally sidetracked. I was thinking, you know, Sturge, you know would you do? agree that it is cool and nostalgic? 
Yeah, I, I wish I wish um, uh, a lot of the fans knew more about, or at least some of the players. You you ask some of these players right now, they'll probably not even they they probably couldn't tell you like the the, the rivalry itself because it's it's it hasn't happened since the the early nineties. But I got a question for Dan as a as a uh, nostalgic uh, question here. You were obviously old enough to appreciate the game with Dwight Clark, right? So I mean, like you saw it, you broke your heart, it scarred you, right? right My right. dad, who's 50, uh, 63 years old, so he was very in it right then and there. Uh, he went through all the good and the bad. I got to ask you, was Joe Montana throwing that ball away? <laughs> uh, but, you know, they, they'll say they weren't, they, that they practiced that play, but, I mean, that ball had a lot of air on it. Yeah, it looked like Joe yeah. Montana was about to get roughed up, and he threw that ball away, and just so happened that Dwight Clark got up and snatched it out of the thin air, but that's just me. Tom, do you have anything to add, or have you opened a book or, you know, started a show or <laughs> no, it, it, Netflix. It's a it's a big throwback uh, to the to what was a classic thing, and I just hope it winds up like it was toward the end of the series when the Cowboys started beating the Niners uh, after the catch. You know that was that was a heartbreaker, but things certainly turned around. And I hope we can continue that and start a new tradition of making it far into the playoffs by rolling over them. Um, well said, Tom. Well said. And just so everybody is aware, Tony did send us a message. Uh, I'm pulling it up. Says, I'm so upset. I was unable to participate. I bought a whiteboard and everything. And he sent us a photo. Uh, and I mean, you guys can agree if you know, if or disagree, but he, I'm being honest. He sent a photo of his whiteboard. He wrote, Greg Zerline is no bueno. And the Z in Zerline looks like the number two. Do you guys agree with that? Uh, oh, does Tony yeah. know what the letter Z looks like? <laughs> what are we looking at? I don't know. Uh, in the in the Slack chat, Dan. Oh, I found it. Yeah, oh. it does. Look, it is definitely a two. That looks like a two, not even not a capital Z. Uh, so, um, Which, props yeah. to him. Yeah, is I mean, that a his wh number. A whiteboard would have. Oh, it is his number. So a whiteboard would have been the thing to have here, Dan. Looking at you. Well, uh, you must have prepared our uh, 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 Tony a little bit more than us because you're like, bring yeah. paper, right? And that's got a whiteboard. Like, come on. Got, yeah. To you be fair, tip. at least, Sturge, Tom, you guys brought sheets of paper like the instruction said to do. Dan, uh, I had, Dan's using well, like like gum wrappers. I mean, he was down to nothing. I mean, so just next time, write it on your T-shirt and just stand up. Yeah. Um, I'll, get, I'll, get a, I'll get a whiteboard. Um, well done. Thanks so much to everybody for joining us. Uh, if you've jumped in late, you can catch the rewatch on the blog on the boys, YouTube channel, or listen on the blogging, the boys podcast network. We have some, some shows dropping tomorrow. Uh, there's a new episode of the NFC East mixtape with myself and Brandon Lee Gowden, but a heads up. We did record that before the New York giants fired Joe judge, uh, T's and P's ending one of the greatest era in New York giants history. Tom, the final words belong to you. Make them great. Or everyone's going to be really sad for a week. How are we ever going to live without Will Greer on the roster? He got released? 